Oh, hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 277. We are joined this week by our uh, missing third co-host, Heather Waz. Uh, we haven't had her on. Well, we've had her on digitally, but she hasn't been here in seven months. We missed her desperately, so we wanted to check in uh, and discuss her newest project, Mohawk Valley Little Explorers. It's the perfect project for her. I'm very excited uh, to talk to her internet uh, allowing. Also this week, uh, we'll get into a little bit of conversation about the NBA Finals, uh, some disingenuous arguments about sports ratings. We'll talk about some Trump stuff, some COVID stuff, history lessons, uh, all of this, folks. So, so much more as always. We are happy to have you here. I, it, I'm still, I'm still definitely getting used to the the little mm. intricacies mm. of it. Um, welcome back to the show, folks. Yes, episode two hundred and seventy-seven. It's the Uticast. Uh, joining us this week, our good friend, the lost third host of the podcast, Heather Waz, uh, talking about her brand new endeavor, uh, Mohawk Valley Little Explorers, which is a really cool idea. And I got to be honest, I'm in kind of an annoyed mood right now at mm. Spectrum and the internet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I did a nice Zoom call conversation with our good friend Heather, and I have no idea what it sounds like because mm. the internet connection was unstable and terrible. Untenable. The you would think whole... for all these Spectrum commercials we see, somebody would be doing something. <laughs> you would think. Somebody would be doing something. I don't know. I, I People came into the house a couple days ago to watch uh, football, and someone mentioned, is, like, is the internet slower than normal? And I was like, Yes, but not really. I think our um, internet is really slow in here. I yes. We... <laughs> yeah, well, they were talking about a different thing. They weren't talking about the internet. They were talking about, like, cellular coverage. Oh, cell coverage. Which yeah, is different yeah. than, like, your Wi-Fi and your Spectrum. Oh, man. It's it's pretty rough. I I thought maybe it was because I had too many laptops open. Uh, you do always have, like, you have, like, four or five laptops cooking at a time all the time now. <laughs> like, there's two open on the table. I know you got at least one open in your room. There's going to be one open in front of the TV. Just Laptop City. It's just too much bandwidth. I need a bandwidth They extender. don't make routers large enough for all this different all this different tech. <laughs> uh, I have been in a bit of a sour mood, I can tell, this week, mm. though. I think, uh, I think as we get closer to the election, we are 22 days away today as we record this, so 21 by the time you folks hear this tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I, think it's, uh, I think it's brought my mood down. <laughs> like, I've gotten... I don't want to say depressed because depressed is different. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm real kind of low key angry. Yeah, you get the anger. What are you <laughs> angry about? Well, I'm gonna say the Lakers, but no, I'm not. I was gonna leave that. No, 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 no. no, no. Please be angry. About <laughs> no, no, the no, Lakers. no, no, no. Please, please. Be I mean, angry about the Lakers. No, no. We have. I do want to talk about sports, but I have a. I am angry about some sports stuff too this week. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just feel like I. I'm getting that impatience, right? I know what I know who I'm voting for. I know all the causes. I know what's at stake. Let's do this. Go vote early. Go okay. So that's go the knock other, it yeah. out. Just go down to MV. Yeah. So 
That's October twenty third. Going in line at the parkway like a goon in November. <laughs> well, that's it might my be question. outdoor line by then. Who knows what the weather will be like? I'm glad you bring it up. It was vote on early, the... so you can go serve coffee down at the polling station on voting day. Hmm. So go vote early and then volunteer to go work the polling station. Uh, so you plan on going the early voting? I am going to vote early, I think, yeah. this year. Normally when I do, I just go day of, but it seems like between uh, between COVID, uh, between you know the differences in traffic, where people are going to be going, seems like it might be big turnout, long lines, various things like that. It just seems easier for me to knock it out on a random Thursday. I don't know why I'm so, like, I feel like I need to vote on election day. I just, maybe because... I... You like a ritual. You like the... You like to, to do I suppose. Do thing. Yeah, I yeah. suppose. I feel like because this election, you know, I've heard, here's a quote you'll hear people say a million times over the next 21 days, the most important election of our lifetime, <laughs> mm. right? Yeah. I feel like I don't want there to be some question about the vote that I cast, right? Like, oh, it, these are, like, God forbid there's like a news story that comes, oh, early votes thrown in the river by, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't no. know. You know what no. I'm saying? Like, no. I, am they're, not I... Throwing, they're not throwing nobody's votes in the river. No, I know they're not. But they're I'm throwing any votes in the river. But I'm saying, like, that's where my paranoid immediate thoughts go, like, I want to vote on that no, day. No, you get, then... no, you get that wrong. That day is when, that day is when it's most likely if everything's going to be crazy, people are out there, they might close things. It'll be fine here. They do a good job voting. You know, with all the voting stations around here, we're not really one of the at-risk places in the country. But yeah, that's if you if you feel anxious about it, go get it out of the way. Then it's like counted. You just put it to bed early. You know what I mean? It's like when you have a paper due and you finish it with a week of time out. Yeah. Like, ah. Um. Did you? Uh, I, I know you're still undecided. Did you learn anything from the <laughs> from the the Harris? Stop it. Mike? Don't you? Don't you dare! How dare you? How dare you? You and your, your cohort. How dare you and your cohort? You undecided. Unbelievable. Oh, man. I wonder what the number of actual undecideds are out in the world. I right was now. having a conversation with somebody about that. Somebody who's older, somebody who still sort of thinks it's like 1994, um, an older older relative that I have about it, just being like, oh, you know, you got to go after the moderates, the undecideds. Mm. I, I have to imagine that the polling data afterwards will lead out to show that there are less, historically less undecideds in this race. Because this race, polarizing as it's been, is if you don't know by now, I can't imagine what's left where you're like, ah, I'm not really sure. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and I talked about it a bit with, uh, with Heather. I think, you know, I've been very uh, cynical about my thoughts about Biden's chances of winning. Uh, right? Smart. Like, good. That's good for you. Very cynical. Good for you. Very cynical. Yeah. Last couple days... The more stuff I read, the more stuff I look around, the more, like, news that comes out. I kind of am, like, angrily feeling not as pessimistic, I suppose. Like, I feel like there's more signs that Trump is going to lose. But I'm, like, afraid to verbalize it and afraid to make it, like, a point of discussion. Yeah, smart. Because I don't trust the... Smart. Right, 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 right. you can do besides be quiet for another three weeks. (laughs) See, rest assured... Rest assured, if in three to four weeks when we have this election and things go various certain ways that, that I or others may have more to say, rest assured there may be time where there's more to be said. But right now, that's smart. It's all you can do is yeah. sit and wait, vote, encourage others to vote, You know, pay attention to all of the down-ballot elections and mm-hmm. races and stuff like that, too, uh, is really important. Um, yeah, this is a big one, though. This is, it's felt like a marathon. It feels like we're in like a TV show. 
I have nowhere else to put him, so I'm going to put him right here. Do you have any thoughts about Pete Buttigieg uh, and his recent turn just going on Fox News and flaming people? And <laughs> My favorite thing, um, I, I, I really deeply love and appreciate the ability to tell somebody to, to go to hell with a smile on your face and yeah. make them laugh about it while you're telling them. Yeah. Um, I've always really enjoyed, enjoyed when people can do that. Yeah, so to watch him go out here and just carve folks up and just sort of smirk... Um, I love to see it. Let keep letting him go out there. It's good. I, you need attack dogs. I think he does a really nice job uh, of putting issues in a real like, in a real puts a real nice bow on bow it. on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you wonder why, and I'm not saying it. You wonder why that doesn't get over more with more voters. Like, why didn't Buttigieg do more of this when he was on? He the... was because he wasn't like a real person. He yeah. was just like. Oh, it's primary season? Hi, my name's Mayor Pete. I'm running. And people are like, we don't really know you, but this is the type of stuff he'll have to go do and continue to show if he'd like to run for something a little bit more seriously in the future. You can't just come yes. out and be like, ha-ha, this is my gimmick now. I'm going to get over before this week's pay-per-view. It doesn't work, you know. need to put in a little more time. Uh, we'll talk about what was supposed to be the next debate and COVID stuff in a in the Trump land segments later on, I guess, when we get to it. But let's uh, let's talk about something positive, and then we'll talk about something a little bit less positive. Mm. First off, let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. Love to talk about the Lakers. <laughs> so your beloved Los Angeles Lakers Indeed. won their 17th yeah. uh, NBA title, mm-hmm. despite what some pundits will say. Haters. <laughs> Here's, here's, what I'd like to, here's what I'd like to say to Celtics fans in response um, to listeners of this show. Since 1980, uh, the Boston Celtics have won four championships. Since 1984. True. In that time period, the Los Angeles Lakers have won 11. So, I mean, if you want to go back to a time when, like, half the league, there were nine teams in the league and they were all plumbers who smoked cigarettes in the locker room. It's true. What a time. And you want to count those wins? Whatever, whatever keeps you warm at night. You know what I mean? I miss the old days, too. But we won this year, so... Yeah, hats off, hats off to the Lakers. Love uh, to see it. Who are you the most happy for? I would imagine it's uh, Lakers player Alex Caruso. <laughs> I was laughing. I was going to say myself. Um, <laughs> um, a lot of people, man. It's nice to see. For, honestly, for everybody who was a Lakers fan, because Lakers being one of those big teams, um, one of the big, well-known teams. There's a lot of people who are kind of bandwagon on and off. When they're good, a lot sure. of people like the Lakers. When they're not, a lot of people don't really care. You know, a lot of people ask me, "Are you still going to be a Lakers fan when Kobe retires, or when they're not good, or anything?" <laughs> uh, so the people I'm most happy for are the people that were diehard and stuck through and watched some of those dark days starting lineups, where like, you know, you were starting five guys that literally nobody's ever heard of. You know, for like all the the, the Xavier Henrys and the the Wes Johnsons and the <laughs> oh, Robert Sacras and the out. Chris Caymans and uh, all these people. You know, if you had to watch the games then, it's uh it's cool to see them come around. It's weird to have LeBron on your team. There's sure, a lot of extra of baggage that comes with that as an NBA fan. But <laughs> yeah, of course. Coming around, it's been all right this year. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Shout out to the bubble and the NBA, by the way. Not a single positive case yep. the entire time. Like, really, I, I say it in this podcast all the time, the best American professional sports league that there is. And, you know, I say it joking around, but I mean it, like, for a reason, too. Well, we can get into the bad faith arguments that are coming out about the NBA right now, because the big oh, story... Love, love to him. You are, you know, because the big story right now is about how poor the 2020 NBA Finals ratings are. Bro, I would, if I never heard about ratings, (laughs) television ratings for things ever again, I can't imagine who cares. Like, I'm not, Uh, I don't work at NBC. 
and I don't yeah. work at an advertising company. Hmm. So, okay. So the ratings are down. Well, so I've seen a lot of people who make this bad faith argument, taking a lot of shots, saying, oh, nearly, you know, a lot of people say the league's too political, and that's why nobody's watching. Yeah, right? for you crybabies <laughs> who can't, who, yeah. yeah, for you crybabies. Uh, but maybe. first off, NBA But rating, don't watch, then. Watch the garbage <laughs> NFL. Nobody cares. Nobody wants you anyway uh, if you don't want to watch because it's too political. The fact is, though, like, ratings were dropping for the NBA before this. And ratings for sports are cyclical in a weird way anyway. And once the NBA rating, once the NBA came back, the ratings did get better. Mm-hmm. So it's not to say that the ratings were terrible. Like, the sports in general goes in a lot of weird ups and downs. Can I just throw this out at you? Baseball playoff viewing is down 39% compared to last year. NFL viewing is down 15% from last year. NHL playoffs is down 25%. Uh, that's a 61% drop in the Stanley Cup Finals, their biggest event. Yeah. The Kentucky Derby had 9.3 million viewers this year, which is down from its normal 15 million. Mm. So I would say the real argument is that people are not invested in sports right now because the world is such a mess. Plus... <laughs> Yes, yeah. com- completely correct. I mean, that's the thing. For a lot of, like, you know, for the people who were, when they were kids, couldn't do Connect the Dots puzzles too well, who don't see that, like, they'll always try to put these, like, oh, well, something must be wrong with the NBA because their ratings are down, or something must be wrong with this because their ratings are down. But then when you look at the, bro- uh, all across the board, yeah. everybody's ratings are down with the same numbers. Like, we know what that kind of means. Not only is it some, what do sports mean now and do people care less, but, like, just less people watch TV and have cable. Yeah, it's that's just what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, for those people, the corresponding you know ratings drops there. Think about some of the documentaries that have come out on Netflix in the last couple of weeks that people are way into. Yeah, think about some of the new content coming out on HBO. Think about mm-hmm. some of this different stuff. Mm-hmm. Who's got cable? Who has it? So you're still judging ratings, but the metric is so flawed, and people breathlessly cling to it like it's 1988. Ah, miss me with it. Uh, and not for nothing, you know, think about what we just said, right? The NBA. Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NHL are all currently playing at the same time. The MLB playoffs are going on at the same time as the NBA playoffs, which are happening during the NFL's opening weeks. And the NFL is historically the most popular and most watched sport in the United States Mm -hmm. by, by a significant margin. Yeah, There's just a lot going on. There's so many things going on, right? Uh, So I don't think the ratings mean anything. I find it to be... A pointless argument. I couldn't imagine anything they could mean or tell me that I would ever care about. Yeah. Whether to cancel the NBA and fold the league if the ratings are down. Take games off TV. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Do you... Uh, do you... Th- I, I think there's always... There's going to be like a restructuring of like ratings and stuff anyway once we all come back to some sort of semblance of a reality in a couple years from now. Like they're going to have to reframe all of this, right? I don't know, like, would we see another bubble next year? Would the NBA go back to the bubble? They seem to not want to. It'll be At least tough. The they, want, they want fans. They're going to have to ride it out and see. Well, again, we, three weeks. Yeah. Three, three weeks, weeks and then the ensuing. You know what yeah. I mean? Then we'll see what happens. If we can get some responsible national policies in place and some national testing policies, mass mandates, contact tracing, stuff like that, we can join the rest of the developed world in getting back to live events. You know yeah. what I mean? There's concerts and festivals and a lot of stuff happening all over the world we're the only ones kind of left who are just you know up 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 still like it's the early days so we'll see how it shakes out well let's keep that in mind for uh the end of the show because i have a segment that ties into that as well 
Uh, all right, so we're going to get into Trump land stuff, but before we do, I just have a story that I feel like I need to bring up because it's a big news story. I just don't know how to cover it, necessarily. I figured I'd bring it up to see if you have any thoughts about it. The 13 men who were charged in an alleged plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer? Yeah. What a... This is a dark story, man. And, I, I mean, I'm not here to do any commentary on it because a lot of people have been writing about it unless you have something you want to say about it. But. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I got... I got... A lot of commentary, I suppose. Uh, first first commentary is capital F-U-C-K, every single one of these guys. Yes, for sure. Um, and here's the thing. Like, this stuff is wild and out of control, and it keeps being... I mean, there was a guy who was going to mail pipe bombs to Democratic mm-hmm. politicians. There have been shootings. There's been wild stuff. They call, I don't know why they call them militias on TV. Like, that's a gang. Those are terrorists in mm-hmm. a gang. And if they were any other color, you would call them a gang or terrorists, depending yeah. on what shade of the color. So that's what that is, and furthermore, if if you expect every single person who you consider the left or a liberal or a Democrat to justify every single thing they speak about in their political existence with a couple of people that you call looters and rioters, then then folks on the right damn sure need to answer for these folks mm-hmm. right here who are talking about committing domestic terrorism and kidnapping and possibly murdering a sitting United States governor. So I'm glad these people got caught, but this is a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is bad stuff, and yeah. this is. Well, well, the quote-unquote liberal media uh, <laughs> sits here and and pushes this stuff to the side and says, you know, oh, this is all malicious, this is nothing, and talks about all these other things. This is this is the problem that's growing and fermenting here with these people, and there needs to be some sort of spotlight shown on it because I only mm. see this stuff growing. So, I don't know. It's creepy shit, man. This ties into a, I mean, again, this is just a poll from YouGov polls, like 2,000 people, mm-hmm. uh, but it's like 56% of people in this country believe that post-election we're going to see a major increase in violence. And when you read stories like this, you can understand why people are terrified about... Because people are doing violence now. Yeah. Cause yeah. My, yeah. And I yeah. count it, like, people are like, oh, well, these guys didn't technically do anything. because yeah, they got caught. Like, that counts in my book. Yeah. Uh, that counts in the, in the good faith book of arguments, you know what I mean, that... Yeah, alleged kidnapping plot, using encrypted messages to communicate about their plot, conducting coordinated surveillance on the governor's vacation home, uh, like detonating improvised explosive devices. Come on, this is like this is straight up terrorism shit right here. And it's just yeah, all of it is. Yeah, all of it is. Oh man, all right, let's um, let's do the Trump stuff for the week. I guess sure. we only have a few of them. Uh, so there will be no debate on Tuesday. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Kevin, I know you were actually disappointed because you were you'd talked to me before about you'd wanted to see a town hall format and how Trump sort of handled the concept of having to talk to like the American public. Until it started to seem like his actual plan was to try to infect and kill Biden. Yeah. Um, yes, I was <laughs> excited to see that. But like, I just can't. I yeah. can't picture what else it could be if that's not what he's doing right here. Um, yeah, I would have loved to have seen. I love the town hall format for debates. I think you learn a lot more. Um, instead of the back and forth and the, the kind of like somewhat disingenuously framed questions from whoever the moderator is, with like too little time to actually yeah. say anything, watching the guys walk around and engage and speak in that format has always been the type of debate mm-hmm. that I've enjoyed the most. Um, and I think it would be really telling to watch uh trump he couldn't you can't bully regular voters and they're asking exactly, yeah. questions i mean he probably would and would try to but i think that would be really telling to see and also just personally to complete about with myself i would love to see if he could stand walk and talk for 90 straight minutes because i would bet the under <laughs> yeah i'm taking um, the under i for just sure. i would bet the under on that 
Um, so yeah, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but you know, probably nothing lost. Lord knows we have enough meme material out there in the world already. So I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of torn, right? Part of me is like, oh, I, I did want to see it mm-hmm. more debate. Like, cause the more chance for Trump to be up there just bouting off his, his mouth, his, his COVID hole, mm-hmm. um, you know, the more chance he has to say some nonsense, right? Uh, and that kind of goes into something that happened last uh, Tuesday. Mm. Right after we finished this show, Trump goes on Twitter and tweets out that he wants to stop all talks with Democrats on a new round of COVID-19 aid until yeah. after the election. This turns out to be really unpopular, <laughs> like with both Democrats and the people on his side, because it's a really bad political maneuver. Uh, so now now we're somewhere in the middle where we're still not really sure. Trump goes back on it, says he has a new coronavirus relief plan that neither Democrats nor Republicans agree to or like. So this is sort of the stuff that I was like, wow, he's really like, it, that's where the desperation feels like it's coming in. I feel like he's a little desperate for some sort of like public bump anywhere. Uh, no, this uh, this is like one of those things where like people people talk about him... Like he's a regular person making conscious, conscious choices. decisions. Right, right, right. And this is just like a guy, number one, who's, who's jacked on steroids. Fighting yo, off this coronavirus. Yo, so much steroids. That they say like can have an effect, <laughs> make you manic and make you act nuts. But yeah, this is just a guy flailing out, saying whatever he thinks he needs to say on Twitter and blowing whichever way the wind blows for the last thing he heard because his brain is fucking cabbage stew. Well, this is where I, I sort of wonder about like polling stuff. Like if you go by what the polls say, right. he's losing. Right? Correct. He needs to gain ground. He can't just sit. If he's wants to win the election or get sure. close enough to... He's got to try to do something. He has to do something, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where I look at this coronavirus stimulus stuff and, and him saying, like, what can I do Here's, to try and get something back before this comes back if I need to gain yeah, 10 points? because he thinks he can just say stuff and be like, yeah, do this, make this, do this. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. works. Um, it, I, here's, you take this bet. Here's my, here's okay. my action. I love it. Week. Side bet. We will come back to this same spot seven days from now and he will have done something even crazier to try to gain polling points and for winning re-election. Something even what? more crazy than anything we've seen thus far will happen. What's the week. wildest thing he could do? Possibly before we go to bed this evening. <laughs> something what? crazy. What's the, the, what, could he just like, I mean, straight legalize marijuana tonight across the board? Um, <laughs> just like no, something no, he, he always says that and then like people you went to high school with on Facebook are always like oh he said he's gonna do this so it's happening but no he can't just like unilaterally legalize I mean he could try to like start a war do some really could crazy stuff maybe yeah. he gets Bill Barr to arrest like you know somebody <laughs> wild I really don't know what it's gonna be mostly it'll just probably be him talking crazy I just I want there to be more debates and I want as much time of him being on TV as possible because I'm waiting for yeah. waiting for something crazy to happen. I'd love to see him. Uh, this isn't some real wild shit. This isn't really a Trumpland segment per se, but I don't know where else to put it, so we'll just leave it here. You want to pour one out for your your pals over at Dippin' Donuts? <laughs> for your oh friend. my gosh, did we talk about that last week? No, on the show? we did not. Did we not? It wasn't a thing oh, until this I wasn't week. Sh- I couldn't remember. I we did we not talk about, about it last week. Uh, no. The owners of Dippin' Donuts have been indicted on felony tax fraud charges. Indictment. All <laughs> else Zordos going to jail. Um, <laughs> Zordos. <laughs> um, yeah, concealing more than one million in sales from the IRS. Uh, I mean, they used to make a good gyro back in the day. It's been a very, very, very long time since I've been there. Uh, I don't know. 
Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I don't know what to tell you. Don't be a crook. <laughs> you get what you deserve. I mean, listen, here's the thing. They unquestionably make the best breakfast sandwiches Unreal. in this city that you can get in the drive-thru. If you go to, you get the sandwich on the bagel, they crack the egg. It's no joke. Nobody else is even close. It's that intolerance. It really but, and, seasons and, and the... And here's the thing. They always had, like, little things. Like, I always notice, like, Fox News is on in there. And you're like, hmm. Mm-hmm. A little sticker saying stuff like, if you see something, say something. Cuomo can't tread on my 2A. Oh. And it's like... Oh, yeah. And you're just like, all right, you know, this. But then once they covered it in, like, flags and started really, really getting smug about it, mm. had to stop going there. You know what I mean? If you support somebody else, you support somebody else. But you want to throw it in the face like that, you force mm-hmm. somebody to make a choice, I'll make the choice with the money. Um, and it was sad to see that go, but, like, yeah, you, you get what you deserve. You these, are the, these are the same kind of people that I'm sure are complaining about other people not paying their fair share of taxes. And other people complaining about this kind of stuff. And they probably think that they support law and order. So good for them. I hope that throw the book at them. Law and order. Throw the book at them. And justice. Justice. Love to see it. Hilarious. Uh, all right, let's move on to, uh, sadly, some COVID-related stuff. But uh, I promise the show will get a little bit lighter before we go to the interview. I have one nice light story for us before we close out today. Uh, are you familiar with the concept of brain fog? Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah is, <laughs> this is apparently a term that doctors are grappling for answers for in the post-COVID uh, world. Sort of just this general concept, this idea that people are struggling to like focus in the post-COVID world. And I don't know if it's a... It's not necessarily a diagnosed medical disease necessarily. And there's, again, this is from The Guardian, so if you want more, look up, you know, if you want more, read up on The Guardian about it. It makes sense, though. It feels like one of those things where it's, a, it's people talk about it, and it's like, oh, yeah, everyone I know has this, right? <laughs> it's like, it's not really like a disease necessarily. No. But everyone I know is going through this same sort of process of, like, being unable to, like, get motivated, like, having to struggle to pull themselves back to reality. And, again, I, I don't know what we do about it, but I'm glad that there are people who are talking about it as a common issue that we're all facing. Yeah, it's always good for people to know that other folks are struggling with the same stuff they are. Uh, that's all I got for that. Let's, uh, okay, this is, a, this is a funny story. All right, have you heard of the Great Barrington Declaration? Uh, no. Okay. So the Great Great Barrington Declaration is named after the Massachusetts town where the Declaration was drawn up. And it's a, essentially, a bunch of international scientists, quote-unquote, who are calling on the government to overthrow the coronavirus strategies and allow young and healthy people to return to normal life. It's essentially some, quote-unquote, international scientists Uh who are advocating for herd immunity her right. advocating herd immunity right. uh with enough of the population resisting the virus to quell the pandemic okay so after this letter came out the great barrington declaration people started reading through some of the names of some of the doctors on the list here's some of the names are you ready how about dr johnny bananas Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Shout out to the legend, Johnny Bananas. Welcome on the show anytime. How about Professor Kamenik Dummings? There's a name for you. <laughs> Others listed <laughs> include a resident at the, quote, University of Your Mom. <laughs> Sky News discovered the 18 self-declared homeopaths in the list of expert names, quote unquote, and more than 100 therapists uh, actually were just massage therapists, hydrotherapists, and Mongolian kumi singing therapists. Watch, so, people, watch people come into your home and try to cite this to you. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, the great <laughs> so, yeah. 
so if you, have, I'm always looking for new patients for Dr. Johnny Bananas. So yeah, great for stuff. Sure. For sure. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, okay. I have a quick thanks. I hate it. Uh, a poll this week uh, says that 86% of U.S. adults say that they believe there is a lesson for society to learn from the pandemic. Just Remember, one? Just one? It seems like a weird question, Numerous. right? Numerous. I don't like how this is phrased, but here's, what, here's my thanks. I hate it. 35% said they believe that lesson was sent by God. So at least 35% of U.S. adults in this country think the pandemic was sent by God to teach us a lesson. It's a low number. Lower than I thought. You think lower than we thought? Yeah. It's a low number. (laughs) Well, I hate it. Uh, Thanks a lot, guys, but uh, I hate it. I do have one nice story today. Are you familiar with the uh, TikTok sensation? Uh, His name is Nathan Apodacta, he's the guy who's drinking uh, Ocean Spray Cranberry Juice on his longboard. Uh, actually, today, he's the guy who's drinking champagne on his longboard with listens to We Are the Champions and wears a Kobe jersey because <laughs> he is a Lakers fan. But yes, I do know <laughs> who you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so this TikTok video has gotten so popular that after it took off, the 1977 hit single Dreams by Fleetwood Mac that he's listening to catapulted back into the charts. <laughs> Uh, it was the best ever streaming week for Fleetwood Mac. That's wild. Because of this TikTok video. We uh, we play some Fleetwood Mac, mm-hmm. including Dreams, and uh, it always, it goes over just about as big as anything else that we play. Dreams specifically, when you play it, people, uh, people really like have feelings about that song. Yeah. People are really giving their feels about Dreams. It's crazy to see it back number one streaming. Uh, so the whole story about the video, I did some reading about it, was the guy's truck broke down. Mm-hmm. And he was longboarding to work. He's a mm-hmm. potato farmer. <laughs> he works on a potato farm in Idaho. And that's when he made the TikTok video. So apparently, you know, it got such a big deal. Uh, Ocean Spray bought him a new truck, a cranberry red truck, and then delivered it to him with the whole flatbed Full of cranberry juice. So shout out awesome. to the Ocean Spray people. Awesome stuff. This is actually my uh, Internet Remains Undefeated of the Week. I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't sure what it was going to be this very week. Very good, very good. Uh, so for this man, Nathan, the TikTok star. Uh, what's his TikTok name? I have it out here. 420dogface208 with two Gs. I love it. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Just heat. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's get to uh, this week's interview. Look, uh, I don't know. I have, I imagine that like seventy-five percent of this interview is listenable. <laughs> I think there was some tech issues. I'm gonna try and go back and fix it, but you know, even seventy-five percent of their twenty-minute interview with Heather is the best part of my day. Love mm-hmm. talking to Heather. I was happy to have her back on. Whether or not the interview is working as well as I'd like, you should go to Facebook and follow Mohawk Valley Little Explorers. It's a yes. really awesome idea and a really great concept, and she's the perfect person to come up with this idea and to, and to format it and make it work. It's true. Uh, we miss her. We love her. We're hoping to see her soon, uh, but we'll talk a little bit about that in the pod. I wouldn't get your hopes up that you'll see her on the pod anytime soon in person, but, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, anyway, here's Heather. We miss her. We love her.
dress up, I don't do anything. <laughs> I just sit at home, like I've done every Monday my entire life. <laughs> uh, it's so funny, but oh, we're recording already, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, I got up this morning and I got dressed because I had to go out to like do stuff for like 20 minutes. Uh-huh. And I got home and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna stay like cleaned up. And that lasted for like mm-hmm. 40 minutes. <laughs> and then I was like doing work around yeah. here. And I was like, no, I'm going to put sweatpants back on. <laughs> I know yesterday we had family photos. So I actually got dressed up for that. And um, I felt like a normal person, but I'm like, well, what's the point of this anymore? <laughs> I'm just going to go home and change now. This is good. It was fun. <laughs> I'm done. So, uh, so- yeah, I'm here. I'm live. <laughs> how's your uh, how's your mental health state? How you been? You anxious? You stressed out? Oh, no, that's good. Uh, not really. You know, it's it's still like a roller coaster. You know, some weeks are like, yeah, it's good, and then some weeks are like, oh, we're in a pandemic still. <laughs> or oh, did I uh, get too close? To, what did I do this week that may have done something? <laughs> So, but no, it's just been kind of like, you know, up and down kind of thing, but it's, it's going, it's, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. I, um, I, I did one today. I was out in public and, uh, you know, I don't get too like anxious about it at this point in time. Cause I, I wear the mask and I do all that kind of thing, but, um, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> I was like at a store and I won't say where, and I walked in and I'm cashing out and the guy, I could hear the guy talking and he's like, yeah, Joanne's here, but she's like really sick i don't know if i should like let her stay here and i was like yo send that woman home <laughs> i didn't want to like i like ran now, <laughs> we did our first like outing anywhere real like not nah, like we haven't done things we've been busy but we haven't gone out to get a drink anywhere since the pandemic started and we went to that seven hamlet yesterday really and, um yeah what do you think outside i go like, there all the time i got, got my drink uh the the beer was fantastic. I had a really great sour. I loved it. It was really good. The band is usually, but on the other side, with like chairs with friends, and we were all social distanced, and it was it was fine. I mean, I had a good time. I didn't feel worried or anything. I had to go to the bathroom, and I went in there. There were like seven people in line. This one woman would take off her mask when she was laughing. And the tables were full of people. So I went and I peed by a truck out in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much what I did. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to shout that place out. They're not like paying me or anything, but the food truck over there is actually really good. Did you get food from their food truck? Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. I didn't get food because we ate before we got there, but all my friends did, and they were like just raving about it. But the place was fantastic. The people were great. I didn't leave feeling any kind of like nervous or anything like that. They've done a great job with that place. I'm really excited about it. So, um, Heather, I'm going to stop my video for a second. I'm going to keep recording because I'm getting a slow connection. Okay. Yep. Can you still hear me? Yep. Can you see the terrible picture that is yeah, my eye? Yeah, I can icon? still hear you. Can you, do you see the picture that pops up I as my eye? Picture. It's so terrible. I'm, I'm not going to show yeah. that to the listeners. It doesn't look uh, like you. It doesn't look like me. 
Um, so a couple things I wanted to chat you up about. First and foremost, I wanted to check in on you. It's been a while since you've been here. You send me text messages all the time expecting that we're going to kick you off the show. This is just me reminding you that we're not going to kick you off the show. <laughs> no, but I don't, I don't like blame you. It's, I haven't seen you in seven months, Sam. Like I, you're part of my weekly life. <laughs> I'm sure you miss being over here with me and Kev. Um, have you been like, I do, I do. But the fact that you're being like out in public more, do you feel like you are getting a little more comfortable like with people in the world and stuff? Um, you know, my son has his pods. So I'm with these families every week. And um, somewhat I am, but the problem is, is like, I just don't trust a lot of people. You know, I don't know what they're doing. And I, I think that there's still just so little to know about this virus that I still don't feel comfortable about it. It goes back to like, if I didn't have a child, it would be completely different. Yeah. It would be so different. Um, but because I have a, a son and his only family is my husband and I, if anything were to happen to us, he would have nobody. So I, I always look at it like, oh, you know, I really have to do the best I can to make with limited, but still live a little. Um, but, you know, for my son, really, it's more like mainly that. And Zach's parents watch him and they're in their 70s. So yeah, we're stuck a little bit on what to do. You know, we loved seeing our friends yesterday and hanging out with them. Um, but yeah, it's I would probably be more comfortable if I didn't have my son and in-laws to worry about. But I don't have a choice. No, I hear you. And I, it makes total sense. And it's like it's a good it's a good example. And it sort of speaks to what's going on with a lot of families with young kids, you know, I, I take it for granted sometimes because I'm like single guy with no kids. So I can kind of just do my own thing and watch out for myself. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't, I don't give enough yeah, credence sometimes. Watch out for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't give enough, like, um, I don't want to say credence, but I don't give enough, like, um, thought sometimes to the idea of like what it's like to have a child where you are this soul you know, the sole responsible party for their well-being and their safety. And it's got to weigh heavily on you. Yeah, it's hard. And then even with the pod, the parents all social distance too. So we're all responsible for each other. So, you know, if I go out and I do something that could possibly affect their children or a pregnant mom that's in there, then I've, you know, they've, you know, lost their trust and my son has nobody to play with. So, um, yeah, I'm like stuck. I feel like I'm stuck in time right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I saw you talking a little bit about this. I saw you talking a little bit about this on Facebook. Are you doing like a homeschool pod with with like other families? Yeah, there are um, three other families who social distance pretty much like we do. One's a little bit less, but we're all pretty, we social distance pretty well. So our kids are all supposed to be in preschool, the preschool closed. So we developed our own pod with these families and the kids get together weekly and they do crafts and they learn and they're active outdoors playing. And um, we do this for them so that they have friends and kids to play with um, and giving them the least amount of exposure too. So that's what kind of has been happening. So it's limited, but it's all for my son at this point you know, just making sure that he has friends and he's interacting and he's learning and he's not lonely. So, yeah. So has that been like, a, has he liked it so far? Is he sort of, he's I mean, enjoying... he loves it. I mean, there's, yeah. there's only, there's one boy and three girls and my, my son's like, does not play with girls. <laughs> so 
he like is just playing with a boy all the time and girls you know if a girl even like looks at him he has a freak out so <laughs> um but he's just anti-girl right now like if he doesn't want to play with any of them so Ooh. but he's doing it but they're having it's good for them i mean he would be lonely right now if he didn't he doesn't have cousins or anything so i did believe girls were icky until like i would say like 10 probably 10 11 yeah <laughs> for the right. most part so you got <laughs> does it make sense his mom like i'm his mom like i climb rocks i hike i do all the things and he's still like boy 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 but he loves his mom so i don't know i'll just go with it it's um no it makes a lot of sense though because you know when i was that age like i was obsessed with my with my dad i think there's a certain it's a developmental thing at that age like yeah you are you're drawn to any sort of older male figure at that age it'll shift wait wait a couple years all of a sudden he'll yeah. be like obsessed with you <laughs> well he has a secret though he's been watching my little pony like crazy lately so i don't know what's going on with this kid i can't i can't get it together with him so. that's pretty popular that's a popular show are you guys uh what are you doing about halloween are you doing any like halloween stuff or are you just we are well it's funny you say that we actually we are we're having a party for the kids like a mm. party there's going to be like little stations set up with activities and trick-or-treating stations and they'll wear their costumes They'll play the activities, they'll get candy, and there'll be a movie screen um, that they um, go watch like a movie on, and that will be their, that will be their Halloween this year. Um, so, cause I don't know if anyone's even going to be trick-or-treating. I don't ever, it's all thrown up, it's all in the air right now. So we might as well at least prepare something for them um, and go from there. So, yeah. I, I gotta be honest, I'm not going to miss giving out candy this year. Yeah. It, it'll be fine. I these kids will survive. These kids are going to survive all of this and they can't have Halloween big deal. They'll have a party or they'll get dressed up, like be creative people. I'm done. <laughs> Just figure it out. I'm not going to feel bad because I'm not taking him trick-or-treating. He is going to have a great time with his friends, with his costume. He's four. Um, I don't remember trick-or-treating at four. So, um, but uh, he'll be fine. They'll the costume. Be fine. What's the costume this year? Well, he used to want to like have Zach make him a costume. He was going to be a tiger, but now he wants to be Paw Patrol character again. So he's going to be Marshall. So I went online and ordered this like $35 costume for him. So he's going to be Marshall from Paw Patrol. Very original. <laughs> I did. Man, Paw Patrol, I, you got a couple more years on that. I'm sure you're looking forward to that being. What, which of your kids like pop culture things are you most ready to get rid of? Paw Patrol? Probably. But My Little Pony is heading that, that way right now because I see it on the tv all day long all the time it's all he wants to watch but yeah it's i would be happy if paw patrol just disappeared yeah yeah for sure bye <laughs> um i'm done so yeah paw patrol so let's move on from halloween to another really spooky scary thing coming up and that's election day stuff we don't have to get into politics but i just want to ask you no, know i don't care I just want to ask you a question. Like, how are you, what's your voting plan? I'm just curious what you're, what you're going to do for voting. I know we're, we were going to talk a bit about today about early voting and stuff. What's well, funny. We're going in person. We'll go there in person and vote. We're going to go and vote there. We already registered. We've been registered for a long, forever, but we're going in person and voting. So I'm voting. Everyone should vote. Everyone has to vote. This world is going to crumble. 
Like, I'm scared. I'm so scared for the election. Like, I'm like, my life is going to change, like, either way, but it's going to be for the worst if what happened happens. <laughs> if he's president again. Sorry, anybody listening who loves Trump, I don't care. <laughs> oh, yeah, because all of our, our notoriously um, Trump-loving Unicast yeah, fan base right? who maybe, listens to the show regularly. There's a, there's, there's a couple of them. Um, but, yeah, definitely um, going to be voting in person. Definitely hoping everybody pulls through with this. It's kind of creepy. We actually were, the people we were with yesterday were two Republicans who work for a Republican, like some somebody in Albany. I'm not gonna yeah. say their names, but they've said a lot of Republicans in New York are voting, are voting Biden this year because they can, you can fix the Senate in two years. You know what I mean? You can add more Republicans to it. You can vote locally Republican, but right now having Trump is just is such a disaster. So it's interesting. This will be interesting. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, it, I've been gone through like periods for the last couple of months where I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm voting for Biden, certainly. But like, I, I have no faith that like Trump's going to lose. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win. And then over the last couple like weeks, I've kind of been like, I don't know anymore. Maybe he's not going to win. I, I'm like, getting, I know. No. I just, but just because <laughs> the way, just because the way last time went, I'm like too gun shy to like make any real thoughts or statements about it. Otherwise, like I'm feeling better about it than I did a few weeks ago, but it feels like a dumb thing to say because it doesn't matter. No, I know. I don't want to get my hopes up. It's like one of those things where you're like, you get your hopes up, you're going to be crushed. I'm not ready for that again. So, no. um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say anything because I feel like I'm going to jinx it or something. I say anything and be like, Oh, I think he's got it. He's got it. And, he doesn't. We got so I don't know. I'm scared. I, if he becomes president again, I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm going to be home forever. I think. <laughs> I, I think that's why my I think that's where my head's at right now. I and why I feel a little better about it. I just can't imagine what another four years would look like. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? And I because no, I don't I, think we I can. The handle world's going to burn up. I just see the world burning up and people screaming all over the place. I, I see it's horrible. It's horrific. <laughs> Climate's ruined. Everybody's poor and terrible. I just, it's terrible. I well, just don't see anything coming out of this. Well, more, I was just curious about like, cause I've heard some people who don't want to, I'm thinking about doing the early voting. I'm not sure if I'm going to wait till election day to okay. do it. Um, you know, and I don't know why I have any real reservations about it. I just, I don't know. I'm so used to doing it on election day. I feel like that's hardwired into my brain, but I'm, I'm very interested in maybe doing it earlier. Yeah. We haven't really talked. We should probably, him and I should talk about that, but we haven't really decided, but whatever anyone wants to do, I don't, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I just know we're going to vote either way. So um, it's worth so, looking at your picture, by the way, I'm like talking to a photo right now. Yeah. I can, uh, I can tell um, that I'm having like some sort of internet lag here on my end. So I'm going to move on to the last segment here because we're getting toward the end here. And I want to do, oh, okay. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Mohawk Valley Little Explorers, which is something, is this your idea? This seems like it has your hand, your hand prints all yeah, over it. Yeah, I totally did a three, I totally did a 360 and I was like, I'm going to do this instead. And it's been amazing so far. So <laughs> So can you just give uh, give the listeners a little, like, just a byline, a little readout of what the, the general idea is and how this got started and what your plan yeah. is for it? Um, basically, over the 
even before Kaz, but when we had Kaz, people would message us, message us all the time. Be like, oh, where do you take your son to go hiking? And where do you do this? And where do you do that? And how do you do this? What kind of shoes do you do? Where do you buy your skis? And um, I decided I wanted to make a place where people could come to and find out all the places you can take your kids hiking locally and up north that were, you know, realistic to things they could do. Um, so the short term is to presence where people can go and trust and find a place to take their family um they mess us we get email i've got emails weekly from parents asking me questions on where to take their kids so i develop like a little plan for them give them options and then they go um so that's short term but the long term is hopefully eventually we can make this into something where like money so that we can take families from low income out hiking and skiing and give them the ability to try these things as well. Um, so that was something I missed on when I was a kid because I couldn't afford to be in ski club and I could do a lot of things other kids did. I never went out hiking. So that's a long-term goal. But right now we're just building like a little database for people so they can find out where they can take their kids hiking and things like that. So we're giving them tips and all that. So I don't know if we, uh, I hope I'm not lagging too far behind here, but I had an idea because I was thinking about this. Um, I think what you guys should be doing, and this is my, you can steal this idea, feel free. Uh, I think you guys should take like, okay, you guys should get some sort of GoPro action going on where you guys take some GoPros or some cameras out on the things <laughs> with you and get sort of like a YouTube channel going. So you could, I've seen a lot of people with these nature YouTube. Oh, for channels. sure. Yeah, I think you guys could get, for I think sure. And that's like something like, yeah, no, absolutely. There is. I mean, the just telling them about the trails and the descriptions is is nice, but for them to see it and watch us, watch the kids explore and watch us explore will make a lot make a big difference as well. Because a lot of people want to take their kids hiking, but they've never been hiking themselves. They don't know how to read a map. They don't know really what's a good idea, uh, how the terrain is in places, and um, we have that ability to show them and tell them about it and. It's exciting for me. I don't know. It's like I completely changed from like what I wanted to do to this because it's um, what I do with my son and it seems realistic to fit in my life right now. So, yeah. Well, I love it. I think it's a great fit for you and what you guys are all about anyway. I think it's right in the wheelhouse. I think this is a perfect fit for you and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> Thanks. I'm excited too. Well, I, I, I feel like it's going to do well. It's, it's, the feedback has been good so far. So, but you know, it's a whole thing. You have to build a social media a presence. I had to do a logo. I'm working on a website. So it's crazy. It keeps me busy though and focused during all of this. So, and uh, that's Mohawk Valley Little Explorers on Facebook only at the moment. Right now it's only on Facebook, but you can sign up for the newsletter. And then when the site launches, you'll be notified and then go from there. So well, yeah, right now it's just on Facebook and Instagram. That's it. <laughs> I'll make sure to put the links up for anything. I have two quick lightning round questions before I let you go here. Um, number one, awesome. have you had a chance to go to Taco Bell since the pandemic started? Talk about it. No, I haven't. And I think about, I talk about the daily, I think. They keep taking things off the menu and I feel like, you know, Taco Bell by the time I go to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't. <laughs> well, Seven I'm months. <laughs> I, I just had to ask. Uh, and I guess number two would be, uh, what are you and Zach watching? It's not like in your free time, if you have any free time. We have free time in uh, Westworld, the uh, third season three of Westworld right now. Are that you the is... last 
the main show that we're watching right now. You're the last two people I think I know on Westworld. Everyone else I know who's on Westworld is like, no, I'm done with this show. Oh, I, 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 no, I, I don't know how I feel right now. I'm almost done with the season. I think I have two episodes left. And at first I was like, this is awesome. And then halfway through, now we're towards the end. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, this is ridiculous. So I don't know what's, what I'm going to do. And then I watch some really crappy shows too, but that's um, the one that we're, we're hooked on at the moment. So um, yeah, that's it. No book. So don't ask me. I haven't read I will a book not. yet. <laughs> Heather, we love you and we miss you. We hope you're Best doing well. Um, we hope that everything gets better soon uh, so we can see you. Uh, I'm going to end the interview now, but what I'm also going to do is I'm going to turn the okay. video, I'm going to turn the video back on for a second so I can see you one more time uh, before I lose internet connection. I can wave at you. All right, Sam, I miss you. I miss you too. <laughs> We're lagging like crazy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. history lessons man they're your history lessons. i know i'm just like to point that out to you those history lessons belong to you uh all right i mean i don't even i wasn't really going to talk about this today but i guess it is the day on this day 1492 christopher columbus reached the new worlds for uh. sailing across the atlantic ocean uh I mean, we've had some some news here recently in Utica with the Columbus Christopher Columbus statue oh, yeah, been yeah. getting uh, vandalized. Yes, someone put the someone spray painted the word "killer" on it. Mm. Uh, someone put the Ku Klux Klan uh, that group of people put the Ku Klux Klan robes on them. Did you see that a couple days ago? No, I didn't. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it was in the OD. Um, so yeah, so there's like a big protest. I saw the protest actually walking down there, um, and I, I think you should go to the OD article and read about the protest if you folks haven't. It's actually a good read mm-hmm. um I, i'm not gonna sit here and do the whole history of columbus you guys know it excellent he came here uh, i'm just gonna say this i'm italian on a good side of my family right so mm-hmm. i know that there's this like thing that like italians like cling on to columbus day for some reason i don't know that it, why italians feel like we don't have like a holiday we do it's saint joseph's day because we... <laughs> nobody knows what that is because it's ours. It's not supposed to be. It's well, Italian. Right. You know what I mean? Like, do we want... Is it because yeah, we're I'm desperate? I'm saying if you're going to have, like, a true, like, really killer Saints Day, you would want everybody to know what it is and have the whole country shut down and paint the rivers green. <laughs> I'm sure. You wanted a real Saints Feast Day. But Columbus that's just my opinion. A, he's not a saint. Well, he's I understand that. He's, he's quite the opposite. I don't he's, know why you people And claim. he didn't... And here's the other thing. He didn't... Um, he didn't, uh, like, come to America in the... in. In service of Italy. He flew here for Spain, if I remember correctly. Portugal, True. Spain. Yeah, Spain. So, I don't know. It's just Italians being like, oh, we got a guy. <laughs> Here's our guy. Christopher Columba. Columbus. That's a lot of um, it. Yeah, and it's funny because even, like, growing up, like, my, I don't know, like, my my Italian side of my family had some weird, 
Like they had because our grandparents' generation had less to do. <laughs> they were just they were too busy giving cable TV ratings. <laughs> they just couldn't. They had less going on. Uh, I mean, I stand behind what Furio from uh, Soprano said. You know, Columbus was from Naples. You know, I'm from my family's from Calabria. We're from the the boot of Italy, and the north of Italy looks down on the south of Italy and has persecuted the south of Italy for generations. Uh. So. I don't care about the North. Screw Columbus. He's from Napoli Dons, and I don't care about the Napoli Dons. Mm. So there you go. Why should I feel? Why should I feel bad about people making a big Let deal? Let the Italians pick somebody else to make statues of. Bruno San Martino. I've said this before. That'd be great. Bruno, Bruno San Martino. Would be amazing. Uh, do you have any thoughts about like the statue getting taken down or put up or protected? I don't. I don't. Um... I kind of wish I had more of a take on this. I really my, don't. My, my true take is I don't care, but I don't mean, I don't, I don't want it to be, it's a different, I don't care than like, oh, it's silly that people have feelings about this. Yeah. Right. That's not what I'm saying when I say I don't care in this specific instance. I'm saying I don't care in the sense that I don't have any real strong feelings about it. I don't see any need for there to be statues of Christopher Columbus up in the United States of America. I don't see a real reason for it. I think there's a lot of better people you could make statues of instead. That being said, if there's a Christopher Columbus statue on the parkway, that seems lower on the tier of people whose statues I would like to see replaced in comparison to some of this Confederate stuff you see in the South and other places like that and other things like that. Um, So if people want to have an argument about getting rid of it and taking it down, that is all fine and good. And I would like to see people have that Mm -hmm. conversation. But for me personally, it's just, it's not my specific battle. But like, do yeah. I get when they go out there and they put clan robes on it? Do I think that that's hilarious? I do. I, I do. If somebody yeah. came to me and told me they did that, and I, I would, I would laugh, and I'd be like, "Oh, wow, good job. That's funny." I saw an Onion article today. It was just like Italian about the Italian persecution that mm. exists, <laughs> the rampant mm-hmm. anti-Italian persecution that exists in America today. And I'm like, "Oh, oh sure." Yeah, I mean, American sure. Italians have been obsessed right into American culture. Mm. No one cares about Italians. We. I'm an Italian guy, and you can say whatever you want about Italians. Only, like, weirdos get pissed off about Italian stuff. Unless, unless you're doing it uh, uh, for, for humor. I do a lot of the fake Italian. Hey, oh, good God, slowly, you're pissing me off over here. That's just for you, mm. though, when we're sitting around the house. That's mm. performative. I performative see. anger. I see. What's your, uh, do you feel like, uh, we talk about this all the time, Sopranos, one of our favorite shows. We love The Sopranos. We do like The Sopranos. Do you feel like Sopranos is a good representation of the Italians that we grew up around? Uh, like, in some, in, like, in some mannerisms. It's, obviously, it's all to the extreme, and it's a little bit different, but yeah, yeah. There's, you'll definitely see some, definitely see some shades and some shadows. There's some guys that my, I grew up around with my grandparents, like my grandfather's yeah. friends, who definitely would have been characters in the mob show that I wrote if I were a... Right, right. <laughs> if I were, yeah. like, my grandfather was not in the yeah. mob, by the I didn't, way. I didn't grow up with, like, those people. Or I'm not Italian, so, I don't know. I didn't really have any of those people. See, I think when you're an Italian family, every kid at least once. Oh, God, yeah, because I heard yeah. it from every every yeah. single kid that I ever knew going to school with, oh, my family's in the mob, my grandpa's in the mob. No, no, I mean, no, he's not. No, he's not. Well, because, I mean, that's, that, to be fair, that is... Everybody's stolen stuff off a guy, you know, from the neighborhood. That's different. <laughs> No, I, I do think though that and again I'm not I'm not like I'm grandstanding here. Like sure. a lot of the first like Italian pop culture that I took in as a kid was like mob movies, like mm-hmm. Goodfellas and Godfather and you know, Casino. I know it's not a whatever, is it a mob movie? Doesn't matter. Of course it is. You know what I'm saying? Movie, <laughs> but I'm saying like all those like 
mob movies and the pop culture representation of mafia was like primary like italian folks love those movies like i watch those with my italian family think they're amazing right so yeah. we kind of like italians kind of like the caricature of italians many in, many do. yeah many do yeah they sort many of many do too to be fair that's true that's many true. many do there's a lot of people who get who are kind of annoyed by that whole like yeah, yeah i get it we're all criminals rah rah like we Used to have real problems, and we fought hard to overcome those problems. But sure, we're just all criminals. I was always more offended by like the like the Jersey Shore style Italian shit that came up when I was in high school. That always bothered me more. I was like, no Italians I know are like this. Like, I oh, know them. yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> don't lie. Don't lie. Yes, you do. Yo, Bobby Walnuts. What's good, Doctor Doctor Johnny Bananas? He's back. Oh my god. <laughs> all right. Where are we? Uh, moving on. This is a on history this day, lesson. On this day, seventeen ninety two. Uh, the cornerstone, cornerstone for the White House uh, was laid. Uh, president John Adams became the first president to reside in the executive manor, which soon became known as the White House. Do you know why it became known as the White House? Who painted it white. <laughs> yes, it is indeed white. Uh, but the white-gray uh, exterior contrasted starkly with what was essentially an entire neighborhood of brick houses. Mm. It stood out particularly, you know, in that era. Yeah. Uh, City of Washington was created to replace Philadelphia as the nation's capital because of its geographic position in the center of the existing new republic. Uh, states of Maryland and Virginia ceded land around the Potomac River to form the District of Columbia, named after Christopher Columbus. So there you go. Again, mm. it all ties back around. Uh, work began in Washington in 1791. Uh, President George Washington was the man who chose the site. Which I assume means he just stood on a hill and was like, ah, over there. Yeah, this, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> this looks fine, right? Mm -hmm. uh, John Adams is welcomed into the executive manor. His wife, Abigail, wrote about the new home. I pray heaven to bestow the best of blessings onto this house and all that shall hereafter inhabit it. May none but wise men ever rule under this roof. Uh, John Adams' eyes are now rolling so hard in his grave he's giving himself a migraine. Uh, have you ever been to the White House? Have you no. ever been to been D.C.? Only driven through D.C. on my way to other places. Like through D.C. on the highways, but never uh, in D.C. I've never been in the White House. I've been to the White House. You can walk up to the White House and, right. you know, there's a gate. And, you know, the only two times I've been there have been under the Trump administration. I don't know if there's always aggressive looking dudes with guns and bulletproof vests out there. I yes. assume they always are. Yes. Um... But yeah, you can go out there and take a no photo. No days off for the Secret Service. No days off for the Secret Service. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. I didn't take a tour of the White House. I was interested. I took a tour of Congress and like ca the Capitol building. That was really The thrilled. White House, follow me with this analogy, see if it holds for you. The White House to me is kind of like the Empire State Building if you're a tourist to New York. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, sure, mm -hmm. it's the building and people know about it and people will say it, but like... Even if you're going to do tourist stuff, you're still kind of wasting yeah. your time going there. If you go and take a tour of the like the Capitol building and go to like the yeah. halls of Congress, that is a cool tour. For you're sure. like walking through, you get to see all the old like Supreme Court building and stuff before they yeah, close. Yeah. It's just really cool. There's a lot of history in it. The White House feels a little bit more like I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's it's a house. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, this is the public part of the uh, house that we let you see. Yeah, the key to the White House is the person who lives there, right? Like, I'm more trying to go to the White House because it's where Obama lives, right? I would have been loved to they're, like, friendly and you can do stuff. And, like, there's, <laughs> yeah. like, real press secretaries giving, like, real press briefings. And, like, yeah, decorum. Uh, 
Today, more than a million tourists visit the White House annually. It is the oldest federal building in the nation's capital. Not to crap on the White House. What's interesting, too, is if you go around the White House, like all the buildings that are around it, like where the vice president's, those buildings are actually really beautiful and designed in a different way. They just yeah, look yeah. very different. It's very strange. <coughs> Pardon me. All right, on this day, 1975, singer Charlie Rich protests John Denver's big win at the Country Music Awards. On October 13th, the man voted Entertainer of the Year by the CMA Association of America uh, stood on stage as the award show to announce the year's winner of the association's biggest award. So Charlie Rich is out there. Uh, he opens up the envelope, and instead of reading the name inside, John Denver, Charlie Rich steps back from the podium, reaches into his pocket for a cigarette lighter, sets the envelope on fire right on stage. Though this display shocked the live audience in attendance, John Denver himself was not present because he was there via satellite link-up. So he's graciously accepting the award uh, for, like, the biggest award while Charlie Rich has essentially just burned the the nominee, the slip that gave his name. And he's like, hey, thanks a lot, guys. This is great. Uh, Charlie Rich was blacklisted uh, from the CMA for the rest of his career. Uh, and no one's really sure what point he was trying to make. A lot of people say he felt that John Denver didn't represent, like, the fundamental basis of country music like he was too much of a this is essentially like kanye west running up on stage for taylor swift it's a good life um i mean i like john denver uh i don't have any real issue with charlie rich either i'd never heard this story before i feel like i need to go watch this video on youtube now i'm sure it exists Mm. yeah can you name one charlie rich song i can name a couple of john denver songs so there you go john denver what do you know (laughs) uh on this day 1990 uh pulp fiction Opens in theaters. Uh, again, we don't have to dig into... 1990, really? 1994. My bad. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, I, I was going to say. I thought it 1994. was... 1994. I thought they seemed early. Uh, made for less than $10 million, Pulp Fiction earned more than $100 million at the box office. It was a huge critical hit, winning the Palme d'Or. Uh, some critics have called Pulp Fiction the most influential movie of its time. I mean, that's kind of a vague statement. What, the 90s? Most influential movie of the 90s is what they're implying? Because if that's the case, I think there's a real argument for it. Maybe, like, the... This movie didn't like... I didn't like it when I first saw it. Did you like this movie immediately when you watched Pulp Fiction? Yes. Yeah. I think I saw it kind of too early. You were probably too young. Because you, you had older siblings, so you were probably too young. I was too young. I didn't like it the first time. I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. I thought that guy died. Wait, what's he doing back? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it It all kind of threw me off. For sure off. not a kid's movie. Definitely for sure not a kid's movie. Uh, I mean, I would not... Is this your favorite Tarantino movie, Pulp Fiction? Um, eh, maybe. Probably not, though. But maybe. Some days. Depends. I feel like as I get older, I kind of weirdly go back to Inglorious Bastards the most. It's the easiest to watch. Yeah, that's got a lot of stuff I like. It's tough to... It would be tough to say, even if I like it better, and you can watch it in the chunks or whatever, it's not better. I might like it more, but I, I could never sit here and tell you that it's better than Pulp Fiction. Uh, I'm going to throw some stuff at you. This is just a list of projects that Quentin Tarantino was attached to. You let me know if you think you'd be interested in it, okay? Yeah, all Quentin, Quentin Tarantino, all Green Lantern movie. I guess. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, Iron Man movie. Definitely. Quentin Tarantino, Silver Surfer movie. Uh, sure. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino directs Battlefield Earth, which was a thing. 100%, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
How about Men in Black? He was on point offered to film to do the original Men in Black adaptation. Sure, definitely. He turned that down in favor of Pulp Fiction. So you could have had Men in Black. Oh yikes! Or Pulp Fiction in that oh, era. Got me out. He was also on board to do Natural Born Killers and Speed, which he both turned down in order to do Pulp Fiction. Mm. So any of those movies would you have taken over Pulp Fiction? Maybe no. na- not no, even no, Natural no, Born no, Killers. No, no, I'm not. Bird in the hand, my friend, is worth two in the bush. I'm not trading it. In the 2000s, he was also slated to direct the James Bond movie Casino Royale at one uh-huh. point in time. I know he's talked a bit about wanting to do a James Bond movie. Uh, and then also, he wants to do a John Brown biopic, which I really would have wanted to see. Give me That'd the Quentin Tarantino John Brown biopic. That'd I'm sure it would be awesome. I would be into that. Uh, and then, most recently, he said he wants to direct a Star Trek movie. Out. Out. Not interested Out. in Star Trek movie. I don't know. I don't really care. See, I don't care enough about Star Trek. I don't to care be... about Star Trek at all. That's why I think I would watch it. Because it's still Tarantino. Right? Like, I can get past I'm all sure, the Star I'm Trek not, shit. Listen, I'm not, right? I'm not one of those people, if I'm not interested in a movie, I'm not like, I'm never watching that. Mm. You couldn't make me watch it. I don't even like it. Like, yeah, I'm sure I would give it a passing <laughs> watch. It would be fine. I'm sure I would find some chuckles. It wouldn't, like, ruin yeah. my day, week, or month to see this movie, but no, I wouldn't be interested in it. I would never seek it out on my own. Uh, all right, and on this day, 2007, uh, Al Gore won the Nobel Prize in the wake of his film An Inconvenient Truth uh, About Climate Change. Uh, I just want to throw this out here. Do we as a country owe Al Gore an apology? Just in general, for the I mean, election and ignoring him on this inconvenient it was truth, stolen from him, and he like, gave directly us, stolen, and he gave us the internet and oh, all these things. Stolen. <laughs> yeah, did, did did Al did Al Gore get? Is he the hardest done? Hillary's been pretty hard done. Hillary's been pretty like got a hard go. She's been hated pretty hard. They stole it, yeah, but they stole it even harder with uh, with Gore. Yeah, yeah, bad. Yeah. He's high on that list. High on the list, high of, on the people. list of people where it's like, yeah. We yeah. should. It's funny if you go back and you watch. There's a video for um, the song "Testify" by Rage Against the Machine mm-hmm. on that from the album "Battle of Los Angeles" came out in 2000, and the whole video is interspersed with clips of both Bush and Gore. Yeah, and the whole point they're making through the video, they blend these clips and intersperse them with the song, is how these guys are the exact same. It's no different. There's no difference between these two guys and between everything. And while I understand the argument that people on the very, very far left side, people would consider themselves full leftists, make when they say that, that mm. both sides are the same, boy, with 20 years of hindsight, does that <laughs> analogy of both those guys being the exact same fucking guy mm. doesn't hold the same water 20 years no, later. No, sir, it does I gotta not. say, go back and watch that video. Uh, I mean, I think South Park did a whole episode about, like, Gore being like, I told you so. Like, I think there's a whole South Park, mm-hmm. we told you so episode with, mm-hmm. with Gore. I bet you Al Gore's a Lakers fan. I bet you Al Gore. Uh, I bet you Al Gore partakes in one of the items that we'll talk about later in the episode. Mm. Uh, we'll get to it in a second. Uh, I want to talk to you about search engines. Let's get away from history okay. for a second. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play this stupid game where like what search engine? It's Google. You Google things, yeah. right? If you had to use a different search engine besides Google for whatever reason Google dropped, where would you go? What, uh, what's another search engine you would go to? I mean, you could do. People really like uh, DuckDuckGo. Uh, you could go to Bing. Uh, I guess there's what's the one? It's Safari is the Apple one for all the Apple people. Safari, uh, uh, Firefox. You go to Firefox. Yeah, uh, not Internet Explorer though. You did mention uh, the one that I was looking for, and that was Bing. Remember when Bing was supposed to be the big one? 
It was supposed to be like the big competitor. It was like Microsoft's big moment to like we're gonna do our own search. No, it was never. It was never the the narrative before it even started. The narrative <laughs> was who do they think they are. This could you could never. Well, would you say would you argue that Bing has been a bit of a failure for them as opposed to like Google sort of became the main platform search? They engine. didn't take down Google. If right. That's the question. Yeah. yeah. No, they didn't take down Google. Uh, well, they're rebranding after years of being known as Bing. They decided that that name is not going to sell for them anymore. They are rebranding their search engine. Are you ready for the new name? They are now Microsoft Bing. So there you go. Do you think that the change in their branding from Bing So you have to, to go to MicrosoftBing.com? MicrosoftBing. Uh, do you think that will help them as they attend to rebrand their they image? added nine letters to the website? <laughs> I don't understand what that is. That's not a rebrand. So if you go to Bing.com, it'll just you'll get a 404. It'll just error. say Microsoft. It'll take you to Microsoft Bing. Oh, so this is nothing. It's man. nothing. It was Microsoft Bing before, and it continues to be. <laughs> this is not a real thing. I don't know who's. I don't know if somebody sent you a joke email. I don't know what this is. No. Oh, speaking Whatever. of let him Bing. Uh, speaking of jokes, let's talk about Ron DeSantis for a second. Uh, I thought you were saying the Clippers. No, no. <laughs> Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, who has rightfully been sort of made a punching bag on the internet in terms of uh, COVID mismanagement in terms of states, uh, came out earlier this week and said that he is returning full capacity to sports teams to pack their stadiums. Uh, DeSantis' decision could allow more than 67,000 fans to attend the Florida-Georgia game that is scheduled on November 7th at TIAA Bankfield in Jacksonville. Uh, I've seen a lot of coaches and people campaigning to get people in this game. Like, people are like, we need to fill the stands for the home field advantage. And it's like, shame. For shame. Uh, i got to give some credit, though, to Miami Dolphins, who, despite this ruling, have said that they will not do this. They will continue to do socially distanced uh, fans, which is still not great. They still have 13,000 people there, but, I mean... I'm glad they're not going full stadium in a place that holds like 80,000 people. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts about Ron DeSantis just being like, fuck it, let's go? <laughs> uh, Ron DeSantis is the worst. Florida is the worst. Um, I I don't know. Yeah. I mean. Just the hubris. What do you want? You know what my thoughts are. This is this man. These this men. Man. These people. Uh, Florida's death toll from the virus is the fifth highest in the country overall and the 12th highest per capita at more than 69 deaths per 100,000 people. And since we know that deaths are the only metric that's ever mattered. So, I, I, I don't, again, I don't have a ton of backup for this story. I'm just going to hit you with it. Uh, Facebook has gone out today and said that it is after three years banning QAnon rhetoric from their website. Tuesday will ban any pages, groups, and Instagram accounts representing the conspiracy theory QAnon from its platform. <laughs> uh, during the last three years, they've embraced a number of different contradictory theories, many of which have been welcomed by Facebook and its platform. I don't really have a joke about this, but when I looked this story up, I shit you not, I found a different news story from today that says Facebook's, uh, it says... Facebook finally agrees to remove Holocaust denial posts. So they've come around on both QAnon and Holocaust denial. QAnon is Holocaust In the same day. 
Right. People know this Holocaust denial. Well, there's part of it Same in there people. as well. But these yeah, are yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I was like, oh, we're just doing them all at once? Just do like one big sweep of all the bad stuff that we've been letting go on for like five years? Yeah, just signaling. It's way, way too little too late. Yeah. Way too little too late. Not even close to it. How embarrassing. How yeah. embarrassing. Just throw Zuckerberg in the Hague. There's an article on Vice about this that says that a new study found that 20% of Americans currently recognize or believe at least one of four conspiracy theories that originates mm-hmm. from QAnon, which yeah, is yeah. Uh, disheartening, yep. to say the least. Uh, all right. That was tough. I have some more lighthearted stuff. You ready for lighthearted stuff? Light in my heart. All right. I'm going to talk a little bit about soccer for a second, but it's not what, what you fu- think. What the fuck? I thought... It's not, <laughs> it's not what you think. Uh, the, Lied to me. The English soccer team, Arsenal has a mascot mm. that they have had for for 27 years. His name is Gunnersaurus. Arsenal's name is the Gunners, and he's a dinosaur. He's a big green dinosaur in an Arsenal jersey named Gunnersaurus. Uh, he's really played by a guy named Jerry Quay. Uh, he, he's one of 55 staff members earlier this week who was told they would lose their job uh, due to revenue losses amid the COVID pandemic. Uh Arsenal legend Paul Merson said there'll be 30 and 40 year old fans who grew up with that dinosaur. It's disappointing. I think it's poor by Arsenal. I really do. However, a savior has shown up in the form of midfield Arsenal, uh, Arsenal uh, midfielder Mesut Ozil, who has stepped in and offered to pay Gunnersaurus's salary. Uh, this is a quote. I'm so sad that Jerry, a.k.a. our famous and loyal mascot Gunnersaurus, an integral part of our club, has been made redundant after 27 years. As such, I am offering to reimburse Arsenal with the full salary of our big green guy as long as I am an Arsenal player. End of quote. So good on ya to Mesut Ozil for stopping Gunnersaurus mm. from going extinct. Mm. Boom! I loved it. Save the mascots. In this world, you know what? We got a lot of bad stuff in this world. Certainly. Shame, shame on you for not paying them. Uh, ridiculously rich sports team. Uh, yeah, I'm sure this guy's contract to play a mascot can't be more than like 30K a year. <laughs> like, he's not, he can't be making Doesn't that. Doesn't matter, Arsenal's got so much money. No, I know. Gunnar looking pretty good, though, right? He's paying $300,000 a year. You got it. Don't tell me you don't. Uh, let's go to the Supreme Court. Uh, earlier today, it was announced the Supreme Court has decided, uh, has declined to hear a case alleging that the band Led Zeppelin plagiarized the opening of its signature song, Stairway to Heaven. Mm. This upholds a previous March ruling that landed in favor of Zeppelin and ends a legal battle that has been going on since 2014. Right. Any thoughts about Led Zeppelin being validated by the Supreme Court for Stairway to Heaven? I mean, man. <laughs> Just, it's so many crossroads of yeah. horrible stuff. Just weird. I, yeah, they stole it, but like mm. Led Zeppelin stole a ton of their music. Yes, they did. So a lot of people backed that in rock and roll because they didn't know that all you nerds would take it so seriously 60 years later and like never listen to another band that came out after 1977. <laughs> they true. didn't know that it was going to be that serious and severe, probably. So I don't like necessarily cast all these terrible blame on them for that, but. Mm. Yeah, whatever. The lawyer representing the estate said that Led Zeppelin won on a technicality as the court focused on the writing score submitted to the copyright office instead of allowing the judge to hear the recordings. Mm. Uh, It seems... Yeah, all right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Either way, there you go. Led Zeppelin, they're free to play Stairway to Heaven, which is a song that I'd be fine to never hear again. And not Mm. because I hate it for a particular reason. I'm just fine. I'm done You know what's my thing? Somebody told me this take the sacrilege one time, but honestly, for the amount of times I've heard Stairway to Heaven... 
just start it at about four and a half minutes when the drums come in. Because <laughs> you still get like two verses once the drums yeah. are in. Then you get the end, which is all the, the, the good meat and potatoes anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so let's get into this one. This is the one I was thinking. This seems right up Al Gore's territory. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago off the air, you and I were talking about, man, like the, the seltzer craze, like the White Claw seltzer craze is really hitting another level. Like mm. Bud Light's got one now. Saranac's got a new uh, winter seasonal Saranac uh, seasonal seltzer pack coming out. Looks real good. So, Actually, I'm so, so many. And I've been thinking, and we've been talking, like, what's the, is there a next, what's the next thing? And we're like, there's not really a obvious next step because this is like a good market. It's like low calorie stuff. It like hits a lot of different angles. Uh, Savory. Savory. Savory alcoholic seltzer is what's next. Pabst Blue Ribbon has decided to throw their hat in the marketing uh, campaign with something they call Pabst Blue Ribbon Cannabis Infused Seltzer. So they're going the next level. Cannabis-infused Pabst Blue Ribbon Seltzer. That's right, hipsters. <laughs> Get yourself a bottle of Pabst Blue Ribbon Cannabis-infused Seltzer. This feels like they're adding too much stuff here. But this is an angle that'll probably sell them some, get them some eyes. Yeah. Right? There's only so much flavor you can jam into a seltzer, so it's all kind of whatever. Yeah, like, what? it all can taste the same, right? No, I mean, it'll taste, it's a different flavor. It'll taste different, I'm sure. Uh, I don't... Do people want this? Do they not know they want this? I don't... People... Do people like to get drunk and smoke weed? Yeah. <laughs> people want... Do college kids who consume PBR like to get drunk and smoke weed? Yes. Same people want this. Uh, each can contains <laughs> only five uh, micro... MG, micrograms, I'd imagine, of yep. THC. Uh, so if you're new to cannabis, you'll be absolutely fine. You'll probably feel all the tension in your neck and back go away and then spend a lot of time debating whether or not you should go to Taco Bell. Because you're cool. drunk. Because you're drunk. How is that different than being drunk? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so there you go. You think this would be a hit or a miss for Pabst Blue Ribbon? Cannabis um, spiked seltzer. This uh probably the nerd answer, but it depends on how much of their budget is committed to it this year and how much they expect to make back off of it. I don't know if they're trying to launch this as a core product for year round or if this is like a one off limited run thing. They'll sell this, but I don't think uh, this is gonna change their business model directly. Uh, it says they are currently in a test launch phase. Small quantities available in California dispensaries yeah. at the moment. So not like a they huge They can thing. only sell it in states where marijuana is legal as yeah. well. So, I mean, this is more of a gimmick to get you by in regular PBR. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, that's all I really have for news today. Uh, okay. However, we're getting to the Halloween season. So I've been looking up some more, like, sort of spooky kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Found a cool... Like today, I haven't watched a single uh, scary movie yet this season. But we still got two episodes Shameful. of Lovecraft Country to catch up on, too. Is that scary? Or is that like horror? I mean, I think people are scared of it. Yeah. GFOP Aaron Higgins is always talking about how unsettled she is by it on the internet. There's a lot of unsettled and a lot of that kind of stuff, but it doesn't feel Halloween-y to me. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I found an article on Thrillist, and it was uh, the most haunted place in each state, or the creepiest place to visit in each state Mm. uh, in the United States. I found New York's. Here's for you. The United States Military Academy at West Point, apparently very very haunted. Makes sense. Uh, back in, 17, in 1972, cadets claimed to have seen a ghost in an antiquated school uniform roaming around one of the rooms, a room that's no longer in use. Uh, other ghost stories have made their way into including uh, school chatter, the ghost of a former superintendent, ooh, mm. a ghost teacher, <laughs> uh, and, and an Irish maid named Molly who haunts the basement of Hoarders 100. So there you go. Very spooky out here at the U.S., 
Military Academy uh, in West Point. Shout out to all of our West Point listeners. <laughs> I uh, I did get caught up on this Atlas Obscura website, though, because you can... Uh, I don't know if folks are aware of this. It's like a website that points out like weird tourist attractions mm-hmm. around places of the country. And I typed in like the local stuff. Are you familiar with the Oneida Community Mansion House? Have you ever heard of this? Uh, yeah, I think so. So this is your research project, kids, when you're, when you're looking for something to read today. It's on Wikipedia. Uh, the Oneida Community Mansion House is a historic home uh, in Oneida County, and it was a religious-based socialist utopian house before mm. the hippie movement started. Mm. So it's a really interesting backstory about this like socialist utopian compound mm. in Oneida. Uh, from all the way back in 1880s. So yeah. uh, there you go. From 1848, the Oneida Community Mansion House. There's your spooky deep dive for the week. I'll try and find some more spooky stuff as we go forward. Kev, uh, do you want a mailbag or do you just want to do Spotify questions? Uh, I'll, always take, I'll always take a mailbag question. Never want to leave the listeners on red. All right. Very good. All right, this week, let's see here. Okay. this is Oh, this is a good one I saved just for you. Because uh, I've never been really a bartender for any extended period of time. Mm. Uh, this man says, I've spent some time as a bartender, and the amount of people who ask for a beer and are then taken aback when asked for a specification is staggering. Is this real human behavior? Have you ever had a person as a bartender just be like, I'll have a beer? Or is that something that only exists in movies? That's only television movies. I've never heard I've of never I've never heard, heard of this. I've never seen that in my life. I've never seen this. I couldn't believe this. I was like You might have I'll you might have somebody be like, I'll have whatever if you're like the certain style, right? Somebody's like, I'll have whatever IPA you have on draft. Or I'll have whatever, you know, domestic you've got in bottle. Like somebody might say that. But just a beer? No, that's way too broad. There was a place in New York called uh, McSorley's, I want to mm-hmm. say. And they only have two beers. They have the dark and the light, and that's it. McSorley's dark, McSorley's light. And it's like a famous bar. It's kind of mm-hmm. overrated, honestly. Sure. Um, but that was like that's the only place I can think of where you just walk and be like, give me the dark, or give me the light. And that's mm-hmm. like, what kind of pretentious jerk would I be? Like, beer me, sir. What would you like? Surprise me. Surprise me. Yeah. Beers, there's no rhyme or reason to what beer tastes like. I want a specific beer. I'm not going in being like, oh, yeah, crapshoot. Hit me with a roulette table of beers, whatever you want. No, I mean, I can see if I went to, especially if you go to, like, a brewery or someplace like that where it's like, what do you want? I'd give me your favorite. What's your favorite beer that you guys make? Give me one of those. Nah, I, I'm not putting that on a bartender or a waitress. What do you like the best? No. That's, not that's if a, they're like busy or it's a thing, but specifically yeah, 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 if you yeah. go to a brewery and you've sure. never tried any of their beers before, yeah, I'll ask. I'll always ask when somebody's recommendation is if they actually work there and they like have to drink this shit all the time. Uh, all right. So that's it. That's all I got for Mailbag this week. We'll do another one next week. Kev, do you have any Spotify picks for yeah, this week? Yeah, I got all sorts of Spotify picks. Uh, my picks include... I'll just just to give you an idea of where I went, because even though you know we're not doing a theme this not week, not this week, I gotta pull up my things. I'm stalling for a little bit of time right now. Well, I can go do mine for. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got two for this week. Uh, my first thing. one is the Locks. The Locks have a new album. Uh, I enjoy the Locks. I was into a little bit of hip hop this week. The Locks got interviewed on a podcast I listened to, and it was mm. a very good interview. I enjoyed listening to the Locks. They had a lot to say. Their new track off their new album, Move. It's pretty good. And then also. Uh, just a band called Naked Giants, song called Twist. Mm. Uh, it's the closest I've ever heard to a band that was essentially the band I was in in New York. I was like, oh yeah, we definitely wrote this song, and like, this is like the kind of song we would have written and thought we were super cool for writing. It's not even that great of a song. You'll hear it. You'll see mm. what goes on. Okay. So those are my two picks for the week. 
Uh, yeah, so I'm putting uh, my theme this week is the Lakers of the Champions. Everybody will bow down. Uh, <laughs> songs on my list include uh, Lakers Town by Joey Dosick featuring Michael McBolton. L.A. Lakers by the Michael Jordan Touchdown Pass. A song called LeBron James by a band called Do Nothing. Uh, Kobe Bryant by Little Wayne. Respect by Aretha Franklin. And one more that's probably just for you and some other listeners. Uh, and so those will be my songs. Because Lakers are the champions of the world and nobody can take it away from me. Bend the knee. You should have known. You knew what it was. And I didn't say anything, so I'm here to tell you. Plenty of room on the bandwagon. My mansion's sitting on 40 acres. Who the neighbors? Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. Now that's paper. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sayonara, humanoids. Keep it tight. Uh, Woodstock lives. Shout out to Heather. Follow Heather at HeatherWaz1 on uh Twitter, and again, follow Mohawk Valley Little Explorers on Facebook. I'll put all the links. You can follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. You can follow me at SF Doom, or you can follow the show at The Uticast. We are on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, uh, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, uh, Spotify, take it over the web, sign our humanoids, keep it tight, Woodstock lives. Uh, go to MadeInUtica.com. We have another free pumpkin name-your-own-price giveaway this week, uh, Wednesday and Sunday. So if you're hearing it, uh, come down. Free pumpkins, sign our humanoids. We will catch you next week. 21 days till election. Make sure you're ready to vote. Oh, 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 oh,